0: Welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to have Pamela Clark Dixon on the podcast. She's an analyst for Amdea, and she's a great deal of insight and expertise in CPAS and advanced messaging and communications. Her thoughts are really interesting, and also we end up talking a little bit about Australia. I do apologize for the disruption caused by my pet dog, but uh, this is working from home. Enjoy the podcast, Pamela. You're in Australia. And I'm in here uh, just 12 hours or more or less different from here in Dublin. So how was the Australian summer this year? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, the Australian summer um, didn't really kick off until the end of, of 2022, it seemed. And, and it certainly hit us now with um, a vengeance. Um, we've got heatwave weather coming up. Um, we had so much dry weather in the the, f- the first few weeks of the year that the, the grass turned brown. It was almost like we were going back to the drought that we had a few years ago. But
0: mm-hmm. thankfully,
1: we've had some, some summer storms coming through and that's helping cool things down and green things up. Uh, so okay. it's um starting to look a bit more like a traditional Australian summer
0: after okay. after cool. years of drought and bushfire and no was there a lot of bushfires this year?
1: not so many no thankfully uh what we had um you know throughout twenty twenty two there was a lot of flooding, a lot of rain so we've we've kind of uh gone a hundred and eighty degrees on what the, what, what it was like uh, even just a, a few years ago. So, uh, yeah. So we, we just here in Australia, you just can't beat the climate like that. There's always, uh, one extreme or another. And there's a, obviously a famous poem about that from Dorothy McCullough. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so anyway, uh, this, this, this year we're having rain and storms and, and hopefully not too much flooding around just now. Hopefully that's all, all sort of eased off. Um, depends where you are in Australia, of course. I think up north and western Australia at the moment, um, they're, uh, they're getting hit.
0: Okay, so, um, I'm um, talking to uh Pamela Clark Dixon, who's a well known analyst in the industry. And uh, you've probably we've moved the same company, but the same company changed his name a few times. Mm-hmm. I think it started out as yeah. Informa and I think it's Amdia now, is it, Pamela?
1: It is, it's Amdia, yeah. So, um, a few years ago, probably. Oh, look, we're looking just before the start of the pandemic. So that was 2020, Um, yes, sort of 2018, 2019, uh, Informa Tech, which is the division of the company um, that Omdia belongs to, uh, bought um, uh, another three companies, Heavy Reading, Tractica, IHS Market, um, combined them with the the company that they owned, which was Ovum, um, and uh, created um, a new brand called Omdia. Um, And so the tag Line of Omdia is connecting the dots, and that's what um, what the, you know the the, the our, our research firm aims to do is just to connect the dots for our clients. Um, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so we have um, a number of different, or oh, about fourteen different research areas within within Omdia. Um, so I'm just going to sort of give, give you an idea of what some of those include. So AI, st- cyber security, enterprise IT, we've got the Internet of Things, media and entertainment entertainment, you know, some of these are probably sort of fairly um, sort of standard ones that most research companies would be covering, consumer electronics displays. Um, The market pillar that my uh, research service falls under is service providers and communication. It's a bit like peeling an onion, (laughs) going down through all these um, different sort of layers. Um, So... Within service providers and communications, we have digital consumer services. Um, and so that's uh, another team of about, I think there's about seven or eight of us are spread across again, different intelligence services. And so my service is known as an intelligence service and it's called advanced messaging and communications. And so in my team, I, I, um, have, um, uh, two two other analysts who work alongside me. I've got one on maternity leave. She'll be coming back um, uh, in March, and and so we'll be up to up to speed then. So so yeah. So about four hundred analysts and consultants mm. within Omdia. Um, and so the main things we provide is obviously the research. We have the consulting and the custom reports, and then we have sort of more go to market advice and, and services. So we have an ask an analyst service so that if there's something that our clients can't directly find on our on from their subscription, um they're free to to shoot us through a question, and, and we'll aim to answer okay. that if we can within a, an good. allocated period of time. Mm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So they're the very in depth uh, experience and very wide experience, but but your, the, your particular area of expertise, I think, is very relevant to the audience we have, which is um, sort of broadly the C and H P markets, mm-hmm. and there's a lot around that, as as you know. So. What what's your feeling about the market at the moment, uh, Pamela? I mean, it's it's been quite dynamic over the last few years.
1: It has. It has. The CPaaS market really has. Um, obviously, we had those cloud communications natives coming in and and acting as disruptors, I guess you could say, because they opened, you know, I'm talking about companies like Twilio and used to be Nexmo. Now, obviously, Vonage owned by Ericsson. Um, then you've got Bandwidth and Plevo. Um, so, they, they were probably some of the earlier players in the market and they're, they're, they're probably the more of the pure born in the cloud kind of companies, the ones that sort of opened up the APIs for their enterprise customers and just made it easier for enterprises to be able to add those voice and messaging services into their backend systems. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, that was uh, completely different to the way that enterprises had been able to uh, connect with voice and messaging services before that. It, I think it sort of tended to be more of a black box for them. They, they worked with SMS aggregators or connectivity service providers and, um, uh, you know, they didn't necessarily or developers didn't necessarily um, or weren't necessarily able to, to easily, you know, build those services themselves. And so and uh, this um, business model of these open APIs and a pay-as-you-go capability for voice um, minutes and for for messages has worked so well for for companies like Twilio and Nexmo and so on um, that it's actually you know they've they've managed to build billion-dollar businesses out of it. Um, and so of course you've got the SMS aggregators, previously known as SMS aggregators. Obviously, there's still an SMS aggregation business out there, but these are companies um, like Info. Bip and Cinch, for example, um, Cineverse. Um, oh gosh, quite a few other ones are coming in now, um, and they they they've realised. Okay, well, there's a value. Um, we we know that enterprise customers like using APIs uh, to gain access to those services, so we'll mm-hmm. do the same. And so that's that's where we've seen a lot of. I guess growth and expansion in the CPAS market from uh, these companies that already have the enterprise customer bases, they already have the global reach in terms of connectivity services, either with direct connections to to telcos or with indirect connections via other SMS aggregators and connectivity service providers. So they've, you know, they obviously they have something to bring to the party um, uh, for. Twilio and, and Nexmo Vonage, um, obviously they their route was through the developers, which is a different kind of initially mm-hmm. um, a different kind of route to market, and mm-hmm, and yeah. obviously as 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 they've um, expanded their business, you know they they've had to uh, to to modify that so that they are able to uh, work with the enterprises, larger enterprises and multinationals in the way that they want to be able to work. Um, so yeah, so and this is why we're seeing. Um, as i say the sms aggregators the connectivity service providers even industry alliance alliances of telcos like bridge alliance over here in apac um are starting to to get into or are already operating in this in the cpas market uh, bix came on board this year um Tata Communications launched its CPaaS offering. Mavenir bought a company called Telestack, so it now has a CPaaS capability as well. We even see Microsoft via Azure Communication Services mm. uh, now getting into the CPaaS market. You know, and and they're all coming in because they they believe that they have something to offer they have a differentiator they have a large you know enterprise customer base as well perhaps mm-hmm. um they can approach the market in a slightly different way that you know uh gives them an edge over existing services and i guess the other dynamic that is playing in is that the market is probably big enough for uh, oh, really, to, yeah. sustain, mm-hmm. is, to sustain
0: is the primary business case is it customer um uh, interface is it is it is that the primary business case for, for all these businesses? Uh,
1: yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's obviously started out with simple business cases, simple use cases for SMS and voice. Mm-hmm. But, yes, you know, communicating, interacting with the customer, enabling that customer to interact with you. And um, so, you know, obviously the simplest cases are things like appointment reminders and mask mm. numbers. If you say a Uber or, you know, a, a delivery or, or, you know, a company like that. And, and you want to be able to, you know, customers to be able to contact you and, um and, and vice versa. So, you know, it did started out from that, but it has vastly expanded. And mm. that is why we're seeing, that's what I think we're seeing driving um, a lot of um and or has driven a lot of MA in the last few years is that, um you know it can't just all be about the connectivity services for these companies that i think uh can be a lower margin business, so they need to move up the value chain, they need to be able to generate revenues at a higher margin, and that can only come from offering services that uh, deliver added value to their customers, to their enterprise customers, and that is why we've seen uh, more of a move into applications and services, Um, you know, Twilio bought segment and is now um, offering Engage, so that's a customer data platform, we've got InfoBip doing that as well, it's got its own customer data platform. And so, you know, it, it kind of pivots a little bit from being just about uh, CPAs and communications into being about, um, well, okay, you can use our platforms to engage with customers, um, but then about enhancing that customer interaction sp- experience sure, as well.
0: Sure. Uh, so
1: uh, Sorry, you
0: know, it, my, my dog just came in here and is looking for attention. So, apologies. Oh, He's that's easy. no problem. <laughs> what <laughs>
1: sort of a dog do you have?
0: Uh I said uh Labradoodle, but it's just out. Oh, it's, it's like it's like living with a permanent three year old, you know, all they want is a yeah. But I yeah, know no, I no, so no, that's that's really interesting. And uh, sort of interesting, just my own comments really Where are you're you mentioned and you know more than I do, but uh, the idea say mavener, which was traditionally an infrastructure company getting into the service space, or mm-hmm. even Azure um as mm-hmm. say, I say mentioned, I think it's Tally I mean, it's there's non standard players coming in. Yeah. What's your what's your feeling about the, the, the big question of SMS? And we're seeing price rises, we're seeing artificially in um the current concern, artificially um inflated traffic. Um yeah. I, mean, I see them as threats. But do you see do you think SMS will will remain dominant or will the so called like the WhatsApps of the world so Messaging will, apps. They, will they eat into it and uh dis disintermediate it further?
1: Yeah. Well, there's no doubt that, um, messaging apps are setting themselves up and, and have already set themselves up in the case of, say, WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger, you know, the, the global apps to enable business interaction with consumers. Um, obviously over here in, in Asia, um, Weixing and Kakao Talk and Line have been enabling this for a long time. The advantage that they have is that they're, chiefly operating within a single geographic area, a single country. So that makes it a bit easier for them to set up those merchant networks and to keep it fairly well self-contained. Um, and, you know, you only have to deal with one set of market dynamics. Global players are having to deal with... Um, market dynamics in many different countries and regulation Um, and uh, the other thing they're having to deal with is fragmentation too because in a lot of markets and this is coming from um, our digital consumer insights survey Um, so we ask questions of consumers in about 12 countries like you know which messaging app do you most use or um uh, you know, are you you are using messaging apps or voice over, you know, apps for voice over IP um, on your mobile or your your um, your PC and so forth? And so we get a fairly good idea of how consumers are using messaging apps in different mm. markets. And what we're finding is that in a number of markets, you have that fragmentation of messaging apps, which makes it tricky for businesses. And and what I mean by fragmentation is that you have maybe WhatsApp having, I don't know. Twenty percent of the market. Facebook Messenger might have forty-five. iMessage might have another fifteen to eighteen. You know, so that makes it a real challenge for businesses to know, okay, um, which messaging app do I use, or how do I um, oh, sorry. enable? Sorry. Um, sorry, Pamela. That's okay.
0: There's some cat or too. something outside, and the dog's going um, to <laughs> That's okay. Sorry, the dog doesn't follow the script.
1: That's okay. Look, I've got a dog too, and fortunately, <laughs> she is quiet at the moment, um, but she has a very deep, loud bark. The door is closed. She's she's on the other side of it just now. <laughs> so, I'm yeah, hopeful you... she'll stay quiet for the rest.
0: Sorry, you were talking about fragmentation. Sorry about that, Pamela, but you were talking about fragmentation. That's
1: okay. yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, obviously, that makes it tricky for businesses. And so, what we're seeing, again, another question we ask is, which is the preferred channel for consumers to interact with their service providers? for like, you know, the businesses, organizations um, for a different, for a range of use cases. And there's probably about 10 or 11 that we ask about. And what we're seeing is that messaging apps is still coming in forth behind voice, SMS, and email. Mm. It's, Increasing every year, we've we've done this survey and we've asked this question for three or four years now, and it is going up. Um, but the proportion of consumers, as yet, that prefer messaging apps versus um, the other channels is still much lower. And even in markets, this was what surprised me with the last one we did. Even in markets like Brazil, where WhatsApp has something like I don't know ninety two or ninety three percent penetration, SMS is still
0: Widely used, right. yeah, yeah, for a number of those
1: use cases, or it's preferred by consumers for a number of use cases. So you know, mm. you would think that the more that messaging apps are used, the less that SMS would be used, but it is we're finding it not to be the case just yet.
0: Well, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's sort mm. of strange human behavior goes with the simplest um, form for the, you know, it's 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 there instantly on your screen. There's very little you yeah. have to do. Um, okay, yeah. look, that's brilliant. Um, just maybe then a word about RCS. What, um, is it finally coming out of the mm-hmm. what, the jungle, or where are we at? Is it mm-hmm. is it Google Play? What do you think, Pamela?
1: Well, you know, I mean,
0: you've been here before, R- Pamela. Have you?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been following RCS since like oh, oh, oh. two thousand and was it two thousand and eight? It was first kind of mooted within the GSMA, and was it Ericsson? I think that first. You know, so and I used to go to conferences about this when I still lived in in um, in the UK and you know we'd be talking about the different challenges that RCS faced then challenges which it still faces now Um, I you know I on the one hand I would like to see RCS succeed um and because i i wonder what have the telcos got if they don't have a, a a follow-on from from sms if we do see this situation that messaging apps do become more preferred and that sms starts to become used less you know what what do telcos then turn to um but i mean maybe you know and i have been thinking about this as well maybe there's a play in the cpas space for that as well because they're another uh, type of company which is very interested in what um, is happening in that area and thinking about how that they can maybe also become a part of the CPAS market or offer CPAS services. So maybe that is a way that they stay engaged with the enterprise market. But um, you know, Google, I think, uh, coming on board and um, making messages, you know, the default applica- uh, default messaging.
0: No, oh, so yeah, Google's the. You think Google's made it. A significant difference,
1: yeah. Well, I think it has potential too, simply because messages, which is RCS-based, is now what did they say last April? I think it was 500 million monthly active users or something. Mm-hmm. So that's a considerable user base. You've got um, the three Tier One US operators, obviously making it the default messaging client on their device on their Android devices. Um, that you know, the bigger European players like Vodafone and Orange and Telefonica and Deutsche Telekom are still seem to be supporting it and that seems to be where most of the deployments have come from uh, in terms of of RCS, um, Telco-led RCS deployments. But we're not seeing a lot of other deployments happening one thing one product that we also had was tracking mobile operator deployments of RCS and they really really slowed down um since the p- pandemic started so this okay. and perhaps you know since um since Google has uh taken on on more of a role so you know in a, in a way uh, you know I I kinda of think that perhaps Google uh, could be doing the, the telcos a, a favor in terms of seeding the market um with with messages with um with that and um uh, you know, perhaps that, that will be a good thing, uh, for, for telcos in the long run, even though I know that some of them are a bit antsy about, about no. what Google's intentions were. And obviously Google does have intentions. It wants to have a messaging app on Android devices like iMessages on iPhones. Yeah. So, you know, you can't. And given that they're given their history with messaging apps in the past, which has been a bit checkered, um, you uh, know, uh, this is probably
0: how many do they have? <laughs> Six oh, of them yeah. of the- oh,
1: it's just crazy! I, you know, I, this is probably the best they've done yeah. with the messaging app so far. Uh, yeah. I think.
0: I mean, in fair in fairness to Google, they do they do try. You yeah, know, I mean, it's okay for me yeah, to try. sit here and make mm-hmm. it uh a joke but they they do try i mean they do retire the apps fairly quickly too you know it's not um mm-hmm. like they yeah they, uh, they have it but okay look Pamela, that that's brilliant you gave a really good um an interesting insight i think into the, the market worldwide for the audience So now you said you live in the uk you live in australia and you mm-hmm. live in the australian lifestyle and join the, the outdoor life and so on yeah
1: Oh, yeah, well, I mean, you have to here.
0: <laughs>
1: you can't not get out and, uh, yeah, maybe not on... 36-degree days, which is (laughs) what we've got coming up towards the end of this week, apparently. But, you know, certainly when it's a little bit cooler, yeah, you want to be outside and amongst it, for sure. Why not? But, I mean, when I lived in the UK, I lived in Scotland, and, you know, the same was true. If you didn't get out during the day, you just wouldn't go out. I mean, the weather was always bad. (laughs) Not always. I'm probably... Yeah, I'm probably over-dramatizing it, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it yeah. No, rained you, a lot. So.
0: You need a raincoat, is what you're saying, really. Yeah, right?
1: yeah. And mm-hmm. wasn't it Billy Connolly that said there's no bad weather, there's only bad sort of clothing or something like yeah. that. So <laughs> it's very much the case, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And on, on this podcast, the guest gets the name, the play-out song, Pamela. So I'm interested to hear from your point of view what, what you're coming up with.
1: Okay. Well, this is this is kind of – topical um hopefully not too political um but it's by one of my favorite australian singer songwriters um we've recently had australia day the national day here in australia which is you know it's it's um there's a lot of move a lot of call for it to be the date to be moved um and so i was just sort of thinking around that and thinking that this you know uh, the song that the the musician is Paul Kelly, and he did a song a while ago, many or oh, quite a few years ago now, called "From Little Things Big Things Grow," and it's a protest song, um, looking at um, uh, you know the the um, well land rights and okay. and equal rights for um, the Indigenous and First Nations peoples of Australia. Okay, so very topical. Yeah. yeah, okay. I'd really like know that one if, if you can find it. Yeah. yeah.
0: No, thanks, Pamela. And really, thanks for being a really interesting guest. I mean, your, your insights are really pertinent. So thanks for being on the podcast.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me. I've enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's been a really great conversation.
2: Gather around people. I'll tell you a story An eight year long story Of power and pride British Lord Vesty And Vincent Lignari Were opposite men On opposite sides Vesty was fat With money and muscle Beef was his business Broad was his door Vincent was lean Spoke very little He had no bank balance Hard dirt was his flow From little things Big things grow From little things Big things grow The you were working For nothing but rations But once they had gathered the wealth of the land Daily depression Got tighter and tighter The rings decided They must make a stand They picked up their swags and started off walking At what a creek They sat themselves down Now it don't sound like much But it sure got tongues talking Back at the homestead and then in the town, from little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. Investing man said, I'll double your wages, 18 quid a week, you'll have in your hand. Vincent said, Uh uh-uh, uh, we're not talking about wages. We're sitting right here till we get our land. Vestey man roared, Vestey man thundered. It don't stand the chance of a cinder and snow. Then said, If we fall, others are rising. From little things, big things grow. From little things, big things grow. Then Vincent Lingyari Boarded an airplane And landed in Sydney Big city of lights. And daily he went round Softly speaking his story To all kinds of men From all walks of life And Vincent sat down With big politicians This affair they told him It's a matter of state Let us sort it out Why your people are hungry Vincent said, no thanks, we know how to wait From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow Then Vincent Lingari returned in an airplane Back to his country, once more to sit down And he told his people, let the stars keep on turning We have friends in the south, in the cities and towns Eight years went by, eight long years of waiting Till one day a tall stranger appeared in the land And he came with lawyers, and he came with great ceremony And through Vincent's fingers poured a handful of sand From little things, big things grow From little things, big things grow Well, that was the story of Vincent Lignari but this is the story of something much more How power and privilege can the people Who know where they stand, standing stand in the law From little things, big things grow 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 From little things, big things grow. 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 grow.